Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Locker Room Talk Uncut. Drew Garrison, Chad Penrod, Austin Sally, live in the locker room, recapping an amazing weekend in sports. We're going to get into NFL Championship Sunday, uh, AFC Championship, NFC Championship. First time, we're going to touch on some hoops. Uh, and last but not least, you heard the music at the beginning. Conor McGregor, the notorious, returns to the ring with a TKO of Donald Cowboy Cerrone in 40 seconds. You guys ready to get into this? Let's go. Fellas, let's just uh, jump right into it. Uh, Chiefs 35, Titans 24. Um, to me, that, that score is a little different from what I thought, how the game went. I thought it was a little one lopsided after that first quarter. Uh, second, third, and fourth qu- quarter, I thought the Chiefs just dominated in Arrowhead. Austin, how did you uh, see that game? Uh, I'm with you, man. Uh, I thought it was pretty one-sided. The uh, Titans, they did get a late touchdown. They had an 80-yard uh, drive score with about four minutes to go. Um, I mean, I think the Chiefs, they kind of dominated after a little bit of a slow start, too. You know, the Titans, um, I think they were up 17-7 to um, into the second quarter, and then the Chiefs the Chiefs came back with 21 straight. So, uh, I mean, it just goes to show the Chiefs are capable of putting up points in a hurry on anybody. I predicted on the show last week, I thought that the uh, Chiefs was going to dominate that game, and they did after the uh, first quarter. Um I predicted they'd win by 17. I know Drew was the loner in the room predicting Ah. the Titans. (laughs) Ah. But uh, there's just too much offensive firepower there in Kansas City. And not only that, the Chiefs are – I'm sorry, not the Chiefs, but the Titans are a team, if they get behind, they're done. Yeah. They're really just not built to come from behind, especially when you're talking about multiple possessions. Uh, I mean, they really want to run the rock and kind of keep your offense on the sideline. So as soon as Kansas City got up by a couple of possessions, I mean everybody knew it was pretty much over. Yeah, and and, and I was the lone uh, lone Titans pick on here, and uh, honestly, uh, I was fucking wrong, uh, but that's okay. Uh, lots of offensive firepower for the Chiefs. Um, that's really good. Um, but the the person that I want to give a good amount of credit to on this is the Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo. Derrick Henry, nineteen carries, only sixty nine yards. He did have the touchdown. But this was big to me. His longest run was 13 yards. Yeah, so, and we said that on the on the show last last week. You know, the Chiefs had to hit Henry at the line. You know, if he starts getting seven, eight, nine, ten yards, and that that dude's going full steam, it's going to be hard to tackle him. And especially co- after coming off of two games where he had almost 400 yards out of off those two yeah, games. They, yeah, I mean they they held him under 70 yards. You know, I was thinking he's definitely going over 100. And who who sent out that tweet saying Henry was? Real easy to tackle. I forgot. It, it, was, it was Frank Clark. Frank Clark. It was uh, Frank Clark. You know, so I was. I even tweeted out that I thought. That. I thought that you know that was just going to boost what uh, Derrick Henry was going to be able to do. I did too. And they completely shut the run down. They came out there and put their money where the mouth was. I mean, they, for him to say that and then back it up. I mean, these Chiefs are they're playing. They're playing how you got to play at this time of year. They did what everybody says you have to do when you have a quarterback like a Ryan Tannehill, a Andy Dalton, one of those Kirk Cousins on the fence guys. I mean, you know Tannehill's numbers aren't too, aren't terrible. Twenty one to thirty one, two hundred nine yards, uh, two touchdowns, no picks. Um, but it just felt like watching the game. 
when he had to make the throw, he didn't make the throw. You know, and, and you know, are the are the are the Titans going to question? You know, is Tannehill going to be the guy there in Tennessee? Because the way we all kind of look at this game, Tennessee was the hottest team. Hottest team. You know, they barely got in the playoffs, but the year Baltimore won the Super Bowl, they barely got in, and right. they go out and they and they they beat Baltimore. Demolish Baltimore after after going to New England and knocking off Tom Brady, the greatest yeah. of all time. You beat Tom Brady, then you beat Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes. Says and <laughs> you not, are not coming to Arrowhead and not, sending us home. We're we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, not in his house. Is Tannehill the guy? That takes me on something that we could go far with, but I'm just going to hit on real quick. I think Tom Brady might be the guy for the Titans next year. Mike Vrabel's a friend. they got a run game. they got an up-and-coming defense. They did just lose their defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, today to retirement, though. I did see that. So that's a, that's a blow. I do not hate that idea. It, it makes some sense, doesn't it? A little bit of sense there's, there. There's a lot of expatriates on that Titans roster, actually, yeah. too. So that, that, that there is some ties there. He threw touchdowns uh, of Vrabel in Super Bowls. I do, I do want to point out, what did you guys think about the play calling from, from Tennessee? It it almost felt like they – obviously you can't give up the run, but it, it, it seemed like they didn't get aggressive fast enough. I mean, there was a fourth and four in the fourth quarter where you're down 11 and you punt the ball. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that. Was, was, but was that, punter, when, but was that when they – did they punt it or was that the fake? No, they, they ran a fake. That was, that was, fake that was, was with, after. I think that was around six, seven minutes left in the game. Uh, but they did punt with 11. Or how much time was on the and clock? They, you on know, and, they, and they said it, you know, watching the game, uh, Romo and uh, Jim Nance. You know, they, it's like they almost trusted the special teams to get the first down right. at that time than the offense. You know, that, and you run a fake punt and have your punter throw the ball. It's when you're desperate, man. You, you trust your punter more than, more than Ryan Tannehill. He, I mean, I just – like I said, his numbers can look pretty good, but the man just watching the game, getting the feel of the game, as any football fan can really kind of get a pulse on if they watch. All right, here's the time where Tannehill has to make a play. He he doesn't. He throws it short or he throws it high. It was just kind of one of those, okay, Ryan Tannehill's been great down the stretch. These two playoff games, he wasn't all that good. He didn't even throw for 100 yards, I don't think, in either game. And then now, AFC Championship, pressure's on the line. You know, you can stay in the game here, but we need Tannehill to make that play, and I just never saw him make well, it. Well, and, and, you know, in the way that the Titans are, you know, you have to run the ball to get play action going, and that's right. what they are. That's where are a lot you gonna, of his success came from this yeah, year. Yeah, are was, you, are you going to run the ball? Because if you're running the ball unsuccessfully, then play action isn't going to work because work. nobody's afraid of what you're about to do. See the uh, the 2019 Cleveland Browns for a perfect example of that. <laughs> hey, that's fair enough. Um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, though, man, what another great performance. I mean, you know, 23 of 35, 294 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, but 53 rushing yards. And I think the tide of the game turned when he hit that big touchdown run. I don't know exactly how long that run was. 28-yard like run. 27, 28 yards. I mean, you think you got him pinned up on the sideline. He makes that one move, and he fought his way in, you know, for the last couple yards. It's just like it had the feeling of a game where, okay, the Chiefs are just better. They've got the better quarterback. They've got a guy that's upper echelon like Patrick Mahomes. He's going to beat you one way or the other. Pick your point. Well, and, and then not only that, you have Patrick Mahomes, probably the, the best young quarterback in the league. Okay, well, we're going to just shut down Damian Williams. Possibly okay. the best quarterback in the league okay, overall. Okay, well, go ahead and shut Damian Williams down. Okay, now we're going to shut down Damian Williams and Travis Kels. 
Okay, now you got to shut down Damian and Kels. Okay, let, let me just go to Tyreek Hill. Okay, and then as you've seen there at the end of the game, okay, you have him covered. Let me go to Sammy Watkins for a big touchdown. Yeah. A 60 yard touchdown play. Sammy Watkins was brutal. Is, just steps up. I mean, it just shows you what you just said. That team is, if you, you're going to take this away, we've got five other options we're going to throw right at you. A stat from that that kind of, you, you brought up Travis Kelsey. Three targets. Shut uh, down. I'm sorry, yeah. three catches, 30 yards. Only targeted four times. I mean, they blanketed him, man. I, I, think, that, I think that was the game plan they because when Kansas him. City beat uh, Houston, it was the Travis Kell show. Yep. It was Mahomes going to Kells. And uh, I think that they that's that might have been where the Titans' defense messed up a little bit there. You know, you you just can't take one person away because there's that team is loaded. There's so many weapons. Got, I mean, they've got too many. and. You know, uh, they got a spark play. You know, not huge gains, not big, long touchdown runs by any means, but uh, a couple plays I saw spark them were those those little quick touch passes or jet sweeps to Tyreek. And that speed, man, if you can't get in the backfield on him and you let him get that edge, he's going to pick up the first down. And they, To me, they just felt like big moments in the game where they needed it, a little touch pass or a jet sweep, you know, however they draw, drew it up. And, and Tyreek just kept making that play. It, it's, it's like you said, man, there's just too many damn weapons on that team. Um, not to take away, I mean, the Chiefs are just they are really good. Their offense is really explosive. So I don't want to take anything away from the Titans. I think that they're really well coached. I think that losing – Hey, Mike Vabrell, is he is he in there for coach of the year? Oh, I think yes. he, he absolutely should be. I think he might be coach of the year if it's not for Kyle Shanahan. I agree. I agree. Kyle Shanahan and what he's done with the 49ers is just too much to overcome. Um, but the, I think the Titans are going to be built for some success going forward, especially if – they stick with Ryan Tannehill and it works out, or they go another route, like we said. That maybe that Tom Brady. But isn't works out. isn't that the big question with the Titans going into the offseason? You get all the way to the AFC Championship, but is how do Ron- you how do you take that next step? What do you do to get to that like, next is, level? Would you say it's Tannehill's fault? You know, was is Tannehill the reason they lost that? I, I didn't no. see enough. I didn't see enough bad from Tannehill to yeah. say that that he was the main problem. I agree with you. They just ran into a Goliath. I mean, that's a sh- uh, yeah. it's just a super you, super. You got to get ready for a shootout when you play Kansas City, man. Yep. Eerily similar to me to 2017 Case Keenum. You know, they have the Minneapolis miracle. He gets them to the NFC Championship game. They lose. Next thing you know, he's a Washington Redskin and he's gone there to die. <laughs> so uh, is Tannehill going? to – I mean, I'll tell you right now if. Tom Brady's willing to sign with the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill will be somewhere else. Is there but enough weapons in Tennessee? You got Derrick Henry. You can run the ball. You have a good offensive line. But let's talk about that wide receiving core a little bit. I think AJ Brown is is going to be a good he's receiver, be, and he's a rookie. He's a rookie. You got a, a nice. But it's Corey Davis. You know, flashy, and, you know, and they and they were missing Adam Humphreys for a big chunk of the season there. I, I don't know if it was week ten, week eleven, and that was his first game first back. First game back. You know, Adam Humphreys is going to be you know your slot guy and get you those. Those, those hard catches, the you third know, the, down guys. the Wes Welkers, you right. know, of the world. Guys you know, like Brady Loves. And um, exactly, you know, but I think that they need to go out and they need to get them a, a receiver or two. Maybe maybe even look at the tight end position. I mean. Yeah, what are you going to get from Delaney Walker when he comes back yet again? It just seems like the guy point. can't stay You know, I, I forget, I for, I, I'm not even going to look it up here, but uh, is it Jalen Smith? Uh, they're tied in. You know, he he didn't play bad, but no. there just wasn't enough there. You know, he's two, three, four catches. You know, um, yeah, he uh, Johnu Smith. Yeah, Johnu, Johnu Smith. John three yeah. catches for thirty-eight yards. I mean, when you're in a shootout for that, you need your your go-to guys. They got to step up, and you you need to rely on them to make plays. I mean, just look at the tight ends in the Super Bowl: Travis Kelce and George Kittle. The, the 
you're talking about one and two. Yeah, take I your mean, pick. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly take either one I, of them I think on my that roster. that tight end position is just so pivotal now in the NFL. I mean, you, you look at all the championships that the Patriots won, and who's the tight end? It's look, Rob who, Gronkowski. Who made the play of the Super Bowl last year? What play pretty much put the icing on the cake for the Patriots last year? Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He made the big play. And, you know, they, they didn't have a receiver go over 65 yards. Um, that's, you know, I, I mean, it's not terrible. They spread it around a little bit, but I think Corey Davis can be good, but he's been a a flash-in-the-pan guy. He shows up for a game, then he disappears for three. And, and I think you got to credit that secondary of, you know, of Kansas City. Man, they have stepped up in a big way. The Honey Badger, the, man. Man, was he was he knocking people out left Sorenson. and right? Sorensen. Sorensen, yeah. Sorensen, And yeah. Sorensen does it on special teams, too. Yeah, Those are the guys you want, man. Those, you know, not only can they play defense, but they can get out there in special teams and, and crack a motherfucker. They, <laughs> just, they lead by example. They go out there and they do the dirty work. It's not this diva shit where I'm only going to make the big plays. I only want to do this for me. He goes out there, he gets his head in those piles, and, man, he's it's so fun to watch. Tyron Matthew, man, what a redemption story after all the stuff he's been through, if you know that. But it's And young receivers, you know, you got A.J. Brown, you got Corey Davis. Yeah, it's cold. It felt like five degrees during the game with the wind chill, I think. It's cold out there, and you know you go across the middle, here comes Matthew or Sorensen ready to put a lick on you. I mean, that that's one way that, that you can get in somebody's head, too. Put a couple shots on them early. It's cold as hell. I don't want to get hit by those fucking guys if it's 80 degrees, let alone five. And these young guys, maybe they're a little bit scared. Maybe that plays into it, man. They got hitters, and that defense has gelled at the absolute perfect time. And, it, it, you know, it's just it's tough. You want to talk about one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. Oh, Arrowhead. Arrowhead sure. has to be. Uh, I mean, it's it's up there. I mean, one, two, three. I mean, you pick it. I mean, it doesn't matter. You go into Arrowhead, those fans are going to be rocking, and you better get ready for the uh, best effort from the Chiefs. I mean, I, there was a couple points where the the fans sounded louder than than the TV and then Romo and Nance. I mean, it, it it's it's the the truly the next twelfth man. And that's what you want. You know, that's what you need when. You know, when you are playing at home, the crowd has to be going ape shit. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, I mean, that is just such a huge benefit for a home team. You know you, know you have a, a home field advantage when you're watching the game broadcast from home and you see the decibel counter that they kept showing. Oh, it's yeah. It's comparing yeah. it to like a normal conversation. A rock concert. A, a rock concert, and, and it's higher Fireworks, all yeah. kinds of shit. It's, I mean, it's, it's rivaling Seattle's 12th man pretty damn well right now. So, shout out, as you said, it was it was five degrees or lower. I saw a couple of numbers that were lower than that. That's what um, I heard at the beginning, yeah. In the middle of, or yeah, middle of January. So, shout out to those fans for going out there and supporting the team. Yeah, I would have. If it was my team, if it was the Bengals, I'd be out there. But that's dedication, man. That's true dedication. And, you know, um, obviously the Chiefs are now on their way to the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, shout out to Tennessee, though, man. You know what I mean? That that right there, they really did their fans and, and, you know, that organization good this year. I mean, you sneak into the playoffs as that sixth seed. You go to Foxborough, you beat Tom Brady. You go to Baltimore, you beat Lamar Jackson. I mean, what a season. The Titans are here. The, the Titans are here, and they might be here to say. The, the one question that we just keep asking that they had into offseason, is Ryan Tannehill their guy? Hey, if we have any uh, Titans fans out there and you guys hear this, let us know, is Ryan Tannehill the guy? And if not, what is the answer? Right. Or- would you Would you guys want a Tom Brady? Should Mike, v- Mike Vrabel head into free agency and – just offer Tom Brady every penny they have to come play in Tennessee. Yes. 
<laughs> and if it's not the quarterback, what is the, what is the problem? What what are the Titans? What do they need to do to take that next step so that we see them in Super Bowl Fifty Two next year? And, you know, and you know, it's it's uh, was it Fifty Five? Super Bowl Fifty Four is this year. Okay, so Fifty Five next, next year. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, stat guy, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure I heard Super Bowl Fifty Four was the one coming up. I just. We can get into the Brady thing later. There's just a lot of pieces there, a lot of things that make sense, and we can touch on that at, at maybe a later date when we get closer to free agency. Sounds like you guys are right. I'm a couple years behind here. 51 was in 17. Dude, they got a, they got the numbers all fucking weird with X's and L's and I's and shit. I can't keep up like either. This is still Rome. Yeah, just put it put a fucking five and a four behind it. You know, but you know, shout out to the Titans for a great season. Absolutely, you know, fans, you got to be excited. You know, like I said, we want to hear from you, and then. Huge shout-out to the Kansas City Chiefs. They are going to Super Bowl 54. Um, I don't know many Chiefs fans. I know one, Tyler. Shout-out, Tyler. Tyler Barnhart, yeah. I know, I know Tyler is excited as shit. Um, Tyler, you ought to come in and you know talk a, a Super Bowl preview uh, with us. Um, Always welcome in the locker room. Yeah, but uh, shout-out, Kansas City Chiefs. You guys are going to Super Bowl 54. Let's, uh, let's jump over to the other conference here. Uh, San Francisco beats Green Bay in a uh, dramatic fashion. And uh, yet another pick that I was fucking wrong on. Um, Chad Austin said Niners in a blowout. I said Aaron Rodgers was going to put up about 35 against that defense and win a shootout. Um, so my NFL picks this week were bullshit. Um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> look, in your defense... Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 39 times. He completed it 31 no, times. No, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> no, nobody's talking about What did he throw? One pick? Two picks. Two, he threw picks. two picks. But he was still over 300 yards. 326 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, yeah, the two picks hurt, especially when you're giving that, that, that uh, run game a short field. But, man, he threw eight incompletions, and they only put up 20 points and got absolutely dominated. This is what's fucking mind-boggling to me. Jimmy Garoppolo, six of eight for seventy-seven yeah, he yards. Threw six times it was it was it was a, 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 almost a record. He threw he was eight times. In the top five yeah, for eight, eight times throws. he had six completions for seventy-seven yards. That's that's that insane. is insane. Out of control. Deadspin was one of my favorite websites. It's unfortunately shut down in the last few months because of some other shit. But they called Jimmy Garoppolo soft core porn pizza boy, <laughs> and I think that's one of my favorite sports nicknames ever. Listen, that that was just. Baffling to me in a conference championship win, your quarterback goes six eight for seventy seven yards. I mean, how nice is that as a quarterback? You go in there, all you have to do is throw the fucking ball six times, and you're up by fucking thirty points at the time or something. No shit. Yeah, they go tw- they go twenty seven nothing. I think before for, before Green Bay finally got on the board. Um, but back to the coach of the year discussion. What an absolutely perfect game plan by Kyle Shanahan, and and he and he stuck to his guns. Oh, and I loved what he said uh, in the press conference or when they interviewed him right afterwards. He said, "It's working. Why would I throw the ball?" Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, man. Hey, uh, I mean, I hate I hate Ohio State, but my dad was a big guy there and told me that. Uh, wasn't a big guy, but he's a big Ohio State fan. Woody Hayes always said three things can happen when you throw the ball, and two of them are bad. It is, it's true. true, especially. Shani lives it. <laughs> Back to journeyman Raheem Mostert. My I mean, we talked God. about that last week. Over this. 200 rushing yards. Was it four touchdowns? Four touchdowns. If you run the ball on a team where somebody with the last name Shanahan is a coach on the offensive side of the ball, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, you can rush for a thousand yards. Before we My actually, fat ass can. <laughs> before we actually get into the game, 
Why is the zone run not used more? I have no idea. I, I mean, I know that I know the Kubiaks like it, and I know the Shanahan's like it. But Kyle Shanahan just has it fucking perfected. He has it perfected. Maybe your boy I mean, Kevin Stefanski brings some of that to was Cleveland. Was it Terrence West he had as the Browns, and he had over a thousand yards, or Crowell was Isaiah still there Crowell? Too. Both of them. Then he there. goes to Atlanta. I forgot about and both fucking of those guys. Devontae Freeman is yep. like fifteen hundred yards. Yeah. And then now Raheem Mostert is running for over two hundred fucking yards. In it in the NFC Championship game. It's unbelievable. It really is. Kyle Shanahan, listen, Chiefs fans, well, wherever you're at, if you listen to this, Kyle Shanahan is not going to beat himself in this Super Bowl. Andy Reid has got to outcoach Kyle Shanahan to win this Super Bowl. It's going to be a good one, man. And Kyle Shanahan's – I've seen people and and – Actually, our, our friend Tyler Barnhart said, you know, he's a young coach and he is a young head coach, but he's been around the block. Uh, he, you know, he's he's young, but that that resonates with that team. I mean, he dresses like he's just shopped at fucking Zoomies, though. He looks like a skateboarder. The trucker hat's a little bit <laughs> weird for a coach, but he uh, he's a young guy, I guess. You know, it is a big moment as a head coach, but man. That, I feel like that guy's been a, an offensive coordinator in the league for for you know very well he's, long he's enough. He's damn to be good. Ready. He's he's he's. Honestly, but, he's my favorite coach in the league right now. We've we've said this uh, through our, you know talking to each other, um, and he is one of the only coaches I would say the Browns. Hey, give up a first round pick for that guy, and I would do it, man. Kyle Shanahan's the real deal. There's I got only, one knock. There's only a couple in the league that I would agree with you on, and he's definitely one of them. But this guy grew up. His dad was a Super Bowl winning coach, so I mean, this guy has known the ins and outs of the game his entire life. That's why I think that he's just dissected and created the perfect perfect scheme. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Wasn't Kyle Shanahan the 28 to three in the Super Bowl offensive coordinator, and then in that second half he just stopped running you're, the ball? You're right. You're right about that. That one. I mean, he's got a big body of work. He, he's he's had success everywhere he's gone. But in that big game, just something to compare to. He's going to the Super Bowl again. The 28 to three collapse. <laughs> as good as Brady was. Excuse you. No, it's all good. Um, as good as Brady was that game, they stopped running the fucking ball. Yeah, there was and that a was Shanahan calling plays. You're right about that. There was a series in the second half where had they just ran the ball three straight times and kicked the field goal, they would they would have been the Super Bowl champions. Yeah, and twenty eight to three, all those jokes. All and that you know, happen. you know, it's a learning lesson. You know, that's the thing too. The guy's been there. He's been to a Super Bowl before. He's called plays in the Super Bowl. You know, he's got to learn from that. You get up twenty eight to three, run the fucking ball. I think he might have learned from it because he's just run the shit out of it ever since. I mean, <laughs> when you like, go from the second quarter and you don't throw a pass all the way until you're in the fourth quarter, I think I think we can say that he has learned from it. Another thing that he has in his favor is nobody remembers who the offensive coordinator was during the Super Bowls. This isn't a that was not a tarnish. Well. Fair. You're supposed to. <laughs> Most people do not remember who That's the true. offensive coordinator. This isn't a tarnish on him. I mean, yes, they they blew a twenty-eight to three lead. Whatever. This will be his defining moment. This Super Bowl Absolutely. against the Kansas City Yeah, if he Chiefs. wins it, nobody's going to give a more. shit about it. Can I just say this? We are probably five minutes into this NFC discussion, and we haven't even talked about the 49ers defense, dude. I am a Bengals fan. Anybody that knows this, a big Joe Burrow fan. I've had people ever since this game telling me, well, that's why you draft Chase Young instead of Joe Burrow, because look what they did. <laughs> well, yeah, they've got like fucking seven first-rounders on they that line. they got seven Chase Youngs on yeah, that team. Yeah, but let's draft them seven straight years and just see what happens. But, I mean, God, man, they got a rotation. They got that, Bosa. It, they got Buckner. Real quick on that, that's John Lynch. Has that guy missed in the draft yet? I don't I mean, believe so. Jeez he got uh, Sam or Chicago for a third and a fourth when they wanted to come up for Trubisky. God, who who? So who'd they take? Was it Thomas? That it year? was it was Solomon. It was Thomas. Solomon Thomas. So they moved back, I think, one spot 
got a three and a four, and still got their guy Solomon Thomas. And Chicago stuck with Mitch Trubisky. I don't. I don't know if you guys seen it. You know, they're at the at the end of the the game there, but or damn near all game. The 49ers can blitz four people, four players, and drop seven back. How yeah. nice must that be as a defensive coordinator? And still get home. I think they sack and still Rogers. sack him. Yeah. yeah, I think they sack Rogers, who's who for his age. He's a pretty mobile quarterback. He's still, oh yeah, he yeah. can move. They got him three times. They only got him three times, but still, they were in his face a shit ton. And shout out to Robert Salah. I think Salah Saleh. I'm not sure in the head coaching circuit this year. He's going to be a head coach next year. Yeah, he's got one he's more. He's going to be gone after that. Yep. He, I mean, he was a finalist for you, you guys, uh, your your Browns there, and and how? I mean, they said it was him and uh, uh, Stefanski. Him and Stefanski. They watched him and Stefanski play each other. Uh, they saw Stefanski put up seven three and outs, and the Browns knew they had their guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> hey, that, that, that aligns with what we've done over the last 20 years. I can't even lie. But yeah. that guy, man, I, I, I can't – I mean, he's got energy. You know he commands respect from his players. I mean, when you – when you're coaching Richard Sherman, and Richard Sherman even talks like he would follow you and you know let you lead him and get behind you, when Richard Sherman, I think, is a very me, me, me kind of guy, maybe, maybe not, but, I mean, Saleh is going to be a head coach. I thought he was going to be a head coach this year, but he's going to be a good one. Whoever does end up taking the leap with him, I think you very well may have your next Mike Vrabel-type coach. I mean, yeah. to me, that he gives off that same vibe. Maybe and, the next year, the Bengals' Zach Taylor fucking sucks. Hey, you know, <laughs> Zach Taylor may not make it through next year. I did not think he was very good this year. I know that's not what we're talking about. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm there with you on that. But, um, but as we said, though, are you going to get a front seven? Like he has now with San Francisco. No, nobody else that has. That took it. years of drafting. As you said, I think I think it is what seven first round. picks I think they, they have, have seven first round defense. picks that um, that play on that defense or are in that rotation. Because I've said for years, as we've talked before, we got on the mics. One of the most important things you can have in a pass rush in the NFL is a good rotation. Fresh legs, cycle guys in and out, get them rested. A rotation is is very important, and that's one of the biggest things that they do. Not only do they have a good rotation, they have a rotation where there's first-rounders coming through like turnstiles, man. It's just they're everywhere. Another thing that, that San Francisco, I mean, you can't not see it, George Kittle had one catch. One. Wow. In one the catch. second half. Yeah, I was going to say in the second half. Is when he and he had to catch. What? With that being said, like Drew said at the beginning, Garoppolo threw the fucking ball six times. That's it. That's I mean, true. That's true. Yeah, that's. true. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, who they gave up, I think, a, was it a second or a third round pick to the Broncos for, had zero catches. Nothing. I mean, so if you look at the numbers, forty two rushing attempts, eight passing attempts. So they ran fifty offensive plays. Yeah, man. George Kittle's going to the Super Bowl. He, you know, he only had one catch in the second half. But that, I mean, that's going to happen when you run the ball forty two fucking times but, for two hundred eighty five uh, yards, uh, uh, and you get four tutties out of it. You know, and another thing, this is why we talked about this last week. You and I, Austin, we hit on it specifically. This is why we wanted to see Seattle over Green Bay. Yeah. I just knew it. Yep. You know, yeah. I knew this was going to happen. It, the Packers just couldn't mess with them. You got, at this point, Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams. And who else? And who else? I mean, he has a good I running mean, back in yeah, Aaron, Aaron Jones. Jones but is solid, he's but got old-ass Jimmy Graham who yeah. ain't been shit for a couple years. No true number two receiver. It's off and yeah. on with Allison and... Veralda's scandaling, or however the fuck you say his name. Well, that's Jake another, Crumero, that's another former team, Bengal. That's another team who spent a lot of draft capital the last couple of years fixing their defense. I mean, their yeah. defense the last few years And they awful. got gashed against they the did. run. Oh, boy, Mike Patton took an L. Yeah, they could not do, which is familiar. I mean, Mike Patton, he got ran all over when he was but, I mean, Cleveland. we've been getting ran on for fucking since 99. Right? How, do you, how do you not prepare for the run better? You know it's coming. 
Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, to me, it's just like, you know, it's it's like Lamar. You know, with the Ravens, you know, the runs coming. Right. With, with the Titans, the Chiefs knew the runs coming and they stopped it. Yep. You know, and Green Bay had nothing, no answers for the run. I just I can't emphasize enough six fucking passes in a whole football game. It just I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Um, going back, completions. going Jesus. back to uh, Kittle a little bit. This is another selfless guy. I mean, you're you're superstar. You're a top two tight end in the league. And this guy's in there getting dirty, throwing Blocking. blocks. Oh, I love man. George. Kittle. I love George. Play. I'm with you. I love George Kittle. Hey, so let's 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 hit on it. Way too fucking early. We got two more weeks until the Super Bowl. So way too early predictions. I don't want to score or anything like that. At the moment, what do you see? What, how do you see this Super Bowl game going? We're just going to skip the Pro Bowl like your nipples aren't hard for the Pro Bowl? I can't wait. <laughs> okay, all Bowl. those alternates, I'm so <laughs> ready to see so Joe Petonio run for a touchdown if it's possible. <laughs> Pro Bowl fucking sucks. Way too early prediction. Uh, we, we talked about this last night in our group chat, and I've been, you know, I talked about it with people at work today. I'm kind of wrestling with it, man. I, I'm, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a good game. I'm wrestling with... Can the Chiefs keep this defense up against a team that runs the ball like the Niners? But I'm also, okay, can can the Niners keep up that good secondary play when it's Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins Absolutely. and Tyreek Hill out there? I'm, I'm really can back cover and forth. All those on, guys? Can, yeah, how, how are you going to do that? Here's my thought on that. Who gives a fuck about what their defense does? This, this Kansas City Chief team, they're going to score points no matter what. I don't care who you put in front of them. Oof. I know that the oh, San man. Francisco front seven is awesome, but Patrick Mahomes is going to I, score I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, man. The Chiefs, what do they have the most? You look at them. They are fucking fast. Fast. Is there a faster defense than the 49ers? I think you're going to match speed with speed. I don't a know if the back end is, is quick enough. The, but the, Richard but the Sherman's thing, But not. the thing is, is this. Like we've been talking about with the NFC Championship. You're not not going to get these defensive uh, linemen from the 49ers. They are going to get after Mahomes. They are going yeah, to get, get in there. And, and some of those longer developing uh, plays that the Chiefs do like to run. They're not going to have the time, They're, they're not going to have that time. But I do think that Andy Reid, I mean, this is one of the better coaches in the league. He's going to keep them honest. He's going to throw a lot of screens at them. Hell, I think, I think yesterday um, there was the drive where Green Bay finally scored. Um, I think they called three screens in a row, and all three of them they got positive yardage. Well, yeah, because you know the 49ers just come They're aggressive coming. as hell. Exactly. So if you can you can get that in their head, and then I think the next drive is when Aaron Rodgers threw the bomb, the 60 yard or 80 yard, whatever it was, the big touchdown. And but you know, and going back to that, you know, they could all line up on the line. You know, four's coming. Yeah. You know, you know those four linemen are coming, and they're coming in a hurry. I, as much as I wrestle with it, man. It, I, Honestly, I, I need to sit down and look at things more before I make any kind of prediction, and I think that we're going to do a more of a, a, a closer look at the Super Bowl as, as things go. But who in that secondary for the Niners is going to run with Tyreek Hill? There's a safety over the top wherever he is, no matter what, right? I mean, Richard Sherman's not going to do it. Richard Sherman's still playing well, pretty the thing well, with he the, didn't the have that The thing speed. with the Niners is, is they can play a lot of zone because the, the linemen get there so quick, you know? True. So, you know, you can have two safeties over top, and I imagine they're definitely keeping a safety over the top with Tyreek Hill. They have to. And, uh, you know, that, that's what I see, man. I, I, it's obviously we know what it is. It's the 49ers' defense against the Chiefs' offense. Who's I can't gonna, wait. Who, who's going to prevail? You know, I, I, I asked and prayed for, you know, an Aaron Rodgers, Pat too. Mahomes yeah. fucking that's what, Super I think that's Bowl. What but but to at, see. At, now that it's happened, it's like – Man, that defense against that offense, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a great Super Bowl, and, you know, I can't wait. 
I actually did think that this one might have been a little bit more fun um, than the Packers getting there. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes would have been a duel. But I think San Francisco, the way that the way that they run the ball and how tough it is to stop, I do think that they're going to score with with uh, Kansas City. I think that oh, they they're have, going to score. Absolutely, they're going to. I mean, we're going to be looking at another. You know, I think it's going to be a great game. Last possession. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, who, I, I I just see it. Who gets ball last, kind of thing. Yeah. Right now, the NFL doesn't know it. I think they're a little bit upset. San Fran doesn't have that big superstar marketable player. They've yeah. got, you know, Kittle's probably their biggest. Or you know, Sherman. I mean, you know, may, just because yeah, of his loud mouth. But there. the NFL probably wanted Rodgers and Mahomes for a marketing standpoint. They're going to market it no matter what. But I don't. I I just feel like, and this is just completely cooked up in my head. I have no NFL, you know source or anything like that more than anybody else but I just feel like they maybe wanted to you know the State Farm Rodgers Mahomes thing but man I think they're in for the best Super Bowl that they've had probably since that epic New England comeback it it is it is going to be a fun Super Bowl that Eagles and uh, Patriots Super Bowl was fun where Foles put up yeah that was was fun I I envision this one being a lot like that Uh, I think that both both teams are going to come out and they're going to play and and it's going to be a lot of fun for everybody yeah, uh, like I said, man, I, you know, I can't wait. Um, don't want to touch on that too much. You know, I'm sure we're going to have many more shows talking about that. Um, the last thing I want to hit on that real quick, Tevin Coleman was injured. You know, obviously we've said, you know, you can plug and play these 49ers running backs, but Tevin Coleman, I, I'm not sure he's going to make it to the Super Bowl. That looked like a really nasty arm slash shoulder injury. I think that they did mention that he's he's on the path to playing. Oh, is he? They I didn't it, see that. They said okay. it was a, a clean in and out. I think they popped it back. So in. did it dislocate? It did. Yeah. It did. Okay. They called it the diehard dislocation. Uh, all right. Shanny said, uh, "I saw that right before we actually got here into the locker room to start recording." Uh, Shanahan said that right now he feels like there's a pretty good chance he'll play. That being said, guys, uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four, February second. So tell us your thoughts on this, guys. Who do you think is going to win? How's the game going to go? Get with us. Uh, Instagram, at Locker Room Talk Uncut. Twitter, at LRT Uncut. I tried to make them all match. Twitter said it was too fucking long. Uh, Facebook, Locker Room Talk Uncut. Uh, You know us. You probably know the host. Get with us on there. Uh, Shoot us a direct message. Love to get your guys' feedback. We can't say it enough, man. This is a podcast for the people. Um, So enough NFL right now. Let's transition into some hoops. Uh, Quick shout-out to our Dayton Flyers, uh, moved up to number seven in the rankings today. That's above teams like Duke, Villanova, Michigan State, and Kentucky. We got the Dayton Flyers ranked above Coach Cal. They are the real deal. The real deal. Obi Topin is a monster. Wanted to give them a quick shout-out. We're going to do some more UD focus here. I know that's a big thing around here. Um, I got some connections down there. I'm going to try to get into some games, see what I see, and um, bring it out here and talk to you guys. Um, Moving on to the NBA real quick. Um, Cavs fans here, Chad and Austin, I am the only Laker fan, and I do have to say this for anybody that doesn't know, I'm not a fucking LeBron fan, okay? (laughs) I watched fucking... Preach it. Preach it. I am a Lakers fan. I let the Lakers get me excited about fucking Ryan Kelly, Robert Sacre, and Jordan Clarkson after Kobe retired, okay? I am a Lakers fan. One thing that I saw about them today that... It gets me very excited, and if you already follow me on my personal Twitter, um, you saw you'll see that I was tweeting about this here a couple weeks ago. The Lakers and the Sixers are both interested in trading for Derrick Rose. Doesn't the Lakers just make way more sense 
Yeah, for Derrick Rose than and, the Sixers. And yeah, for sure. And people are saying, well, LeBron already did that to Derrick Rose once when he was in Cleveland. But that wasn't the same D Rose. No, D Rose D is D Rose is, D Rose is he's not he, he's not like he was. But D Rose he's good. He's he's coming. You know, he's, he's getting he's, there. He's damn sure better than he was when he was. Oh, in absolutely. Gold. absolutely. Yeah, he got he got to he, to he's Minnesota. Pretty much found running the show with Drummond in Detroit. And what do the Lakers need right now, man? They need a point guard. They need Some a ball handler. But they need somebody that can also create their own shot because, as we've seen with a lot of LeBron teams and in the past, is when LeBron sits, production can slip. How's the minutes go though? You know, when they come, is Rondo just out of the minutes? Is Put it, Rondo in a fucking suit and call him an, uh, an assistant what, coach. What about Fuck when playoffs, Rondo. playoff Rondo is nice? Okay, well then he can coach until then, and then we can figure something out. I, Rondo is just—I don't know, man. It has a hit right with me this year. Uh, he's back tonight against the, the Celtics, and, and uh, that's at 7.30. I can't wait to tune into that uh, here in a few minutes. And AD is back from the bruised ass cheek. Um, <laughs> I saw him fall, man. I watched that game live. I, I Like I said, man, I'm a Lakers fan, not a LeBron fan, so I watch every game. I've got NBA League Did you pass. make sure his ass cheek was okay? Uh, no, I think Dwight might have massaged it a little bit, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would surprise absolutely nobody. But I, I watch every game, man. I got League Pass. I am a Lakers fan. I, I It started as, as a Kobe and Shaq thing when I was a kid we didn't have cable and they were always on on sunday so that's how i lashed on to the lakers it's not lebron and his fucking bald spot <laughs> and, and, and hold on no, let's talk about that a little bit i hated on lebron kobe versus lebron back in the day i was a kobe guy to the core through and through and then he comes to the lakers i get excited i have to get excited you have right? to he's it's the LeBron. best player in the world at that time um nothing for uh, I've never been more frustrated with LeBron until he joined my favorite team, especially last year. That's because he can make a triple-double look so fucking bad. But, you know, there's there's been a good take on that. Uh, Cuffs the Legend on Twitter is a good follow, but a lot of guys have said, okay, LeBron does these things to where he plays because – Right now, the knock on Kawhi is Kawhi is not on the court. He's not playing. Kawhi is, you know, he's, he's not a leader. But when Kawhi is on the court, it's, it's, it's he's 100%. full go, 100%. Eh, I mean, yeah, I, it is. Eh. Come on, you guys ain't beat him yet. No, that's true, 0-2. But LeBron load manages while playing. He really does. He's averaging the lowest minutes usage of his career right now, the lowest distance traveled. They track that, how, how much they run. They, I mean, stats are crazy. But he's playing. He he's learning how to load manage in a game, and that can be cool. But sometimes it's like, dude, you don't give a fuck, do you? You're not trying. It, it, it's tough to watch. Sometimes it, it is. I went to the the Pacers game uh, back, you know, a couple weeks ago in Indiana. I drove a couple hours, and okay, AD's out, but we're playing fucking Demonis Sabonis, who killed us. And and you know, it's like, okay, fourth quarter, LeBron, take this fucking thing over, and he never did. He tried to be a jump shooter again. So he can be so fucking frustrating. Um, that's and you guys, you know, you guys went to game six, game five, game six of the NBA game finals, six the of the NBA the finals the year they came back from three one. You guys spent so much money, and I bet you don't regret a penny of it. So you guys know what it's like to have LeBron on your team, and how frustrating it can be, or how fucking great it can be. You know, the, I don't kind of want to touch on that. I don't want to get away from the Lakers too much here, but because the Cavs aren't shit. Uh, what is it right now? You said they're currently losing to the fucking Knicks by 16? 17. 17 right now. 17. Oh With 25 seconds to go in the fourth. So. Fucking ugly over there. You know, but they're a young team, um, and I think they're going in the right direction. You know, you guys, they got guys like Garland and, and Sexton who, who it seems like, that. you know, if that's the path they're going to go, it seems like a nice path getting those young guys, letting them mature in the NBA, and eventually having hopefully a team like Denver – 
you know, or you know, a team like that who can build through the draft. I got I got a take on that, and I'll let you guys get into it. Garland and Sexton. Sexton has fucking blinders sometimes. I, I tune into the Cavs a lot. They're my local team here on you know Fox Sports and all that stuff. Sometimes it's like Sexton has those blinders you put on a horse where they're in a race so they don't look around and he just goes. I am almost to the point with the Cavs where you give Garland the keys and you ship Sexton. Uh, I, I think Sexton reminds me a lot of a young Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I'm not sure that he's as talented or athletic as Russell no, was, yeah, yeah. but Russell was very – you know, like you he said, with those yeah. blinders, he's he's. I got the ball, I'm going to the hoop, kind of thing. Yeah, know, a little reckless. Mm-hmm. So if Sexton, uh, I don't know how they feel about <laughs> Coach B at this point. Yeah. Um, but if if that can be coached out of him, and he can, you know, the game slows down for him as he grows, he may be all right, and you may have a little bit of a Portland of the East. I know that was the goal, and that was the idea. Yeah, that, that was the goal. I remember hearing that. But, but and then at this point, though, what are you doing with Kevin Love, man? You know, ship him, get what you can get. Take the highest bidder. I yeah. mean, it's just, it just doesn't make Let's no sense Let's get rid sense of the salary. I mean, obviously, there's some locker room rifts. I, I, he can say what he wants, but there's, yeah, oh, there's yeah. been some problems. I yes. don't know that he likes this coaching style uh, and being there with, I mean, what, what have we won? 11 games, 12 games? 12 I mean, games, I believe. So I, I don't think that he's he's loving it right now. You know, and that's kind of where I'm at with the Cavs. You know, I don't want to talk on it too much. You and I were at game six of the NBA Finals. Uh, we will never witness that ever again. Not from uh, our NBA team. No, no, unless, unless somehow uh, LeBron, LeBron and gets comes Bronny back. there and yep. LeBron comes back and builds some team again, but I don't see it. Not no. out of the question. I think LeBron could pull strings and get Bronny anywhere he wants. Bronny's going to be eligible. The NBA is going to change the rule so you can come out of high school right at the year that Bronny's eligible. But you know what else happens that year that Bronny's eligible? Because they're, they're going to make the rule. I think they've already decided it. What else happens that year is LeBron's contract with the Lakers expires. I think he's going wherever Bronny goes no matter what. I think Bronny could get drafted to the fucking Orlando Magic, and LeBron's just going to go play with his no, kid. I, yeah, I think I think that that's well, definitely cool in the cards. Would it be oh, it would be amazing. I think they can sit here and we can hate on LeBron and how he plays and all that and the decision and all that thing, but let's never – Let's never question the man's character, you know, with oh, kids no, absolutely. and being a father of the sorts because the dude's the a, great, a great dude when it comes to that. I mean, he's that. never won off the court incident with the guy. This is one aspect of him that really does get overlooked. I mean, this guy's. What is this year 16? What is this year 16? Oh, yeah. 15, oh, yeah. Yeah. 17. 17. Same, 17. Wife, same wife since high school. Same girl since high school. Yeah, and one not time. one time has this been guy been in the news or had, you know, any negative story around him at all. Not even a parking ticket. So, you know. Enough about LeBron and our calf comparisons and stuff. Back to the Lakers a little bit. Traveling to Boston tonight. Lakers are, are kind of on. I mean, they're playing they're Boston's playing good, playing good too, though. Boston's you know, for playing just losing good. Kyrie. Yeah, you know, as, as somebody that watches every Lakers game, you know, I'm, I'm fairly happy with how it goes. It seems like, okay, they lose a game, they win 9 or 10. Then they lose again. I can live with that through an eighty-two game. Well, they're NBA still season. under. They're still in uh, single digits. You know, in the loss column. Yeah, yeah they're thirty-four and eight. eight I yeah. think. And and you know. They've the the biggest thing that I want to see out of the Lakers going down the stretch is let's beat some good teams. We beat Dallas, who's pretty good. Beat the Clippers. You know, let's let's that, that's the beat big. Milwaukee. That, yeah, I don't the know if they have another one. game with Milwaukee. They don't play Milwaukee a lot. I think it's two twice. Times, it you know. be just twice. But the thing beat is, Milwaukee. Is, I mean, you just beat Houston. Right. Houston was good. You're a James Harden guy, which oh, fuck, whatever. Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to, <laughs> that'll be a debate for another day. Tune in for that one. No, you want to be tuned in for that one. We might need two hours. Um. One thing you do have to keep in mind, though, is LeBron James in the regular season and LeBron James in the playoffs are two different animals. Oh, yeah. 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 We watched it definitely. every year in Cleveland. 
I mean, he saves himself. I mean, this guy will turn it on and play 80% of every game. And, and, and another thing, you know, come playoff time, as of right now, the Lakers are the one seed in the West. Yeah. The Clippers are the two. It doesn't matter if the Clippers take over the, the, the Lakers as the one seed. No, it really it doesn't. doesn't matter because when those two teams play, it's going to be at the Staples Center. Yeah. Right, yeah. so so L.A. fans are L.A. fans. It's going to be the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Lakers yeah. home game. Exactly. Right? So. Dude, the, the, the Lakers, when they're, they were shit for, the, I mean, really the last seven years, were still a bigger talk than the Clippers. They were a bigger talk than the Clippers when they had Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. It's a Lakers town. But doesn't it concern you a little bit? Like, they haven't beaten a good team yet. It's like you see a team and they're loaded, you know, and you'd be like, I mean, D. Rose, to me, I mean, don't get me wrong, he makes them better, but I don't know if it's beating the Clippers. I just, no, well, I'll tell you who can – I think coming out of the West, the Lakers can beat anybody in a seven-game series. I think coming out of the West, the Clippers can beat anybody in a seven-game series. Those are my top two. The, the Clippers drop weird games to the Pelicans with all their stars playing. They, they, they've done that a few times. That's weird, but – But that goes into effect, too, when you're talking about it's – Difference between regular season and playoffs. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, because there's 82 fucking regular season games. Right, You're going right. to be bored. There's like, some burnout. Right, let's, let's get to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then a seven game series, you got to beat the seven, the same team four out of seven games. Yeah, yeah. Doing that against another good team, yeah, you might drop one. Right. Yeah. You have an off night. Everybody it, has but off it's nights. Different. It is. It, it, it's just different. And I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what can swing it in the West right now. It's Andre Iguodala. We haven't touched on that yet. That's a good point. That he he can. Where's swing. he going to go? I think it's one of those LA teams. It, it, it is, but it, the the Grizzlies have to cooperate. They're still waiting on somebody to give up a first rounder for him. He's going to swing the pendulum, but he's got to go to a team that's ready to rock, like the Clippers, like the Lakers. But they, they're not going to get a first round pick out of him. I mean, he's got a seventeen million dollar contracts. He's got he's got a seventeen million dollar contract. Nobody's going to. It's going to come down to a buyout. Yeah. I think it's. I think it happens after the trade deadline because nobody's going to bite on that. Memphis is crazy if they think they're getting that. I mean, that being said, you don't think that, you know, they're going to get the offers that they get as the dead, trade deadline gets closer. They're going to get a little desperate. I bet they do end up taking Maybe, whatever they're. But, but what you have to factor in on that in the you NBA is, that is what, you what you have to factor in on that in the NBA is the salary cap. The Lakers couldn't go trade for seventeen million dollars worth of cap. The Clippers can't go trade for seventeen million dollars worth of cap unless the Lakers want to send out Danny. Well, I'm Green. talking the person that, that puts a strap on is Memphis. You know, because you have all that 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 money, you want to get something out of them. Right. You don't want to end the season with nothing and just let them walk with I, an expiring contract. You're a team that's trying to build. You got to get all the draft capital and the pieces. Exactly. That you can but get. who's going to do it? That's my thing. Is there a contending team that has seventeen that can trade for seventeen million dollars worth of cap space? No, I'm oh, talking you know about Memphis. Bu- Memphis buying it out. Memphis buying them out too is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, buy. Uh, they're going to eat some of that money. Is yeah, what, what I'm. Trying yeah, you to have say. to. And I think they knew that when they traded for him. They couldn't have thought that Iggy at this point in his career was going to come play in in Memphis. John Morant, fucking Not awesome. Not only that, dude. why would you trade but, for? Why would you what? Seventeen million for Andre? But it just yeah, doesn't make. It no just sense. doesn't yeah, it make doesn't. sense for where Memphis. I mean, is at. good for him. Go get your absolutely. money. Yeah, but absolutely. But for, Mem- for Memphis at that time, like what, you're not going anywhere with Andre Iguodala. Yeah, he's not. He, it's not like he's going to put you over the top. Yeah, I mean, you focus with John Morant, who is a fucking stud, baller, dude. Oh my god, Let's, is he a top five point guard already? Already, he may be. I mean, this guy can. Uh, he he can does do it, it all. all. Hot take. We're Duke fans. Zion comes back Wednesday, I believe. That came yeah, out. Yeah, it looks like he's, he's targeting Wednesday for his comeback. I'm saying it right now here in the locker room, and we can check this back in five years when we're still recording this shit, hopefully. John ja Morant will have the better NBA career than Zion Williams. Oh, I, I'm with you. I, would, 
I I'm mean, with you. John Morant right now, this guy's already a superstar. Yeah, Unreal. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, Zion's going to be good. Like you said, we're Duke fans. We want to see Di- uh, Zion succeed. But Zion, <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd be a good one. Dion Williams. I'm not even laughing at that. I'm laughing at it. I just had the picture come up in my head of them playing the Pistons and him fucking falling asleep on the sideline. Did you see that? <laughs> He's just that. nodding out. Dude, that crawfish is getting to him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the one thing you do have to worry about with Zion is can he keep this elite-level athleticism? Right, at an age, it eventually just, you know, you it's going to go I mean, away. The, the, the Pelicans were trying to teach him how to walk and run again. Like, right. I'm not knocking the guy. I loved him at Duke, but, I mean, yeah, that athleticism is going to work in college, but you got to learn to walk and run different. Hey, i I seen some previews the other day, though. That dude's getting up there again. Yeah, he's <laughs> getting up. With some ease. Yeah, that guy can move. Uh, moving into some, some more serious NBA news, um, Atlanta Hawk Chandler Parsons uh, looks like he was Terrible. hit by an allegedly drunk driver last week, leaving um, practice, actually. Crazy. And, and I'll, I'll just hit on this real quick. We all like to have our drinks when we watch our sports or whatever. But listen, get too many, a fucking, too many sources. Get a fucking Uber. Get a Lyft. Call a friend. If you're around here, call me. Stop driving fucking drunk. I mean, the picture of that, I mean, it was just, it was rough to see. I mean, this guy, basketball aside, you know, he, he was close to losing his life, let I mean, alone a career. This guy's life is completely different from here on out. Yeah, what but, was the damage? So they're saying, they're saying that he um, is looking at permanent brain brain damage. He's got some back issues. I think he herniated a disc. Um, that's just, I, I mean. Oh, and he tore his labrum. That was the other thing. That's crazy. So that's a big one for an NBA player. I mean, a torn labrum? I mean, that, I mean your shoulders. Have you got to yeah, shoot, I mean, you, you got to you you gotta have that. that. I mean. And this is a story that we hate to have to talk about. You know, I mean, I'll talk about the Steelers and, you know, knock Ben Roethlisberger out, blah, 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 blah. And that's that's one thing. But, I mean, we're talking about a man that was leaving practice, 31 years old, you know, maybe not much NBA time left on his career. He's not the guy he was three, four years ago. But, I mean, leaving practice, probably going home to his family. You know, I'm not sure if he's married or, or, or has kids or not. But he, and, and somebody that's drunk that made a decision to drive their vehicle. And, and and the story I read said that he was in danger, that this driver, he or she, I'm not sure, was endangering people on the road. Like, it was reported that he was driving very erratically. It's just it's just terrible to see, and, and that's a point where, you know, we, don't, we like to stick to sports. But seriously, if you're out drinking, get a ride home. Spend, spend the 10 or 15 bucks, just... How many eight dollar Ubers have I taken in my I life? I mean, you know, you get drunk. You know, some people black out. What are you gonna do when you black out and you wake up and you're in a in a jail cell and they you ask what happens and they tell you you just killed somebody? I mean, you know, not only is Chandler Parsons' life going to change forever, but I'm sure that guy's life going to yeah, change and forever. And whatever you know, family or whatever this guy has too. I mean, he's getting drunk at two p.m. on a Let Wednesday. Obviously, there's some sure. bigger problems here. Um, but you know, hopefully, hopefully Parsons can recover and, and get back to, to playing the game. Yeah, man. Big prayers up to Chandler Parsons. Uh, let's get into it, man. The moment we've all been waiting for the event that I think excited us the oh, most yes, this sir. weekend, oh, yeah. the notorious Connor McGregor is back knocking out Donald Cowboy Cerrone in 40 seconds, dude, those fucking shoulder checks to the nose. What oh a, my God. What a performance. I mean, I wasn't sure, man. Connor was calm and respectful and all this shit that you don't see Connor do. And then just comes out and straight beats the living shit out of Cowboy, I mean, man. I, I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was or I'd shout him out, post on my Facebook. They said that when I saw Connor come out, come out 
cool, calm, and collected. They knew shit was about to go down. But uh, let's get into our first call-in here into the locker room. We've got our good friend Chris Roselli on the line. What's up, man? How's it going? What's up, Chris? Hey, guys. Doing great. Glad to be uh, on, the, on the call. I'm glad to be talking to UFC. Welcome in, man. Just give us your thoughts on that fight, man. What'd you think? Chris, what'd you think, man? 40-second knockout by Conor McGregor, man. 40 seconds. Uh, I have to say that had to have been one of the most all-around dominant performances in Conor's career. Not only that, but of a seasoned fighter like Donald Cerrone was just, it was a systematic breakdown of everything he's bad at. It, it was easily one of the most, it was just, it was, was mind-blowing. It takes the, you know, the words right out of your mouth. It just, it was, it was truly mind-blowing. I just, I, I, you know, I didn't see it coming. You know, I thought Conor was going to get him, but I thought late first. You know, early in the second, yeah. but 40 fucking seconds, dude. I honestly don't think that Cowboy was ready for that kind of press from, from Connor. Um, I think that he just overwhelmed him right off the bat and, and just put it on him. I, all that power at 170, Connor was massive. massive. He, come, he come flying across the fucking octagon with not a massive at all knee, but a fucking Connor left hand looking yeah. to end that shit. Chris, what did what was your prediction before the fight? I know we all we had a big talk about it on Facebook and stuff. Uh, I predicted Connor was just going to knock him out. Um, I, I, it was a TKO. What was your prediction on that, Chris? Before the fight happened, my, pre- my prediction was a third round TKO. I knew it would be a TKO if anyway. Um, what truly shocked me was with those shoulders that he was so into the beginning of the fight. I mean, everyone's talking about. Yeah. It. Uh, today, Ariel Hawani actually interviewed um, uh, Kavanaugh's coach. Said that Connor's been working those shoulders for over a year. So I mean, he, he was prepared for this exact moment for over a year. What did you guys think? Like, I know we touched on this a little bit when we were over at Austin's watching the fight. What did you guys think about Nate Diaz tweets at, towards towards the fight? And Nate is. Nate's doing a lot to keep his name relevant, understandably so. I mean, he's the second biggest draw on the, the company right now. I, I think everyone would probably agree with that. Definitely. But it just, it, I mean, it does feel at this point kind of like he's just trying to just cling on to Connor a little too hard instead of kind of being his own. I mean, that fight with Masvidal was easily the biggest draw probably of last year. I mean, that fight had to have been the biggest. I, I didn't know the exact numbers on it, but that's what I think. I, I agree with you. I, I It does feel kind of like he's, uh, I don't want to say desperate, because he's definitely not desperate. Um, and I do think that he and all of us were robbed of that finish in the Masvidal oh, fight. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Nate was just yeah. kidding. I don't in. care what anyone says. Nate man. was good. Nate's, Nate Nate turns it on the fourth He should be able rounds. to sign a fucking waiver or something. It's right. like, no, like, I'm like, straight. Fuck like, my health, and, and, the, and the Diaz brothers have so much scar tissue from the fighting. Like, yeah. we don't, you know, we probably haven't seen half their fights because they do it in their own gym. Right. Yeah. Right. Or in a fucking parking lot somewhere. You know, the one thing that I will give Nate, the one tweet that I did like of Nate's, Nate has been shoulder checking for fucking years. There yeah. are a couple guys who did it. I've seen Tony do it, Tony Ferguson, and I have, I have, I remember seeing Nate do it a couple times. Um, not that I've seen every. I think Nate he fight. did it to Connor. I think he was doing it to Connor. He, he did. He, he did. He did do it to Connor. Uh, I believe only in the second fight. The first fight was obviously a little bit more, you know, wild. But you know, but I, I think the reason that it looks so different, Chris, is I think Connor's was like. If you can wind up your shoulders, Connor was fucking winding I mean, up his was, shoulders. He was down. His knees were oh, bent, and he was exploding. Connor was coming out of there like a, like a bull, you know, running through a flag, man. He was, he was it, throwing those with some serious. He was trying to break the net. And it was, such a, it was such a big deal for Connor because 
I've never seen Connor do that. You know, I've never seen him use the shoulder, sh- shoulder check that heavily. But getting to Nate, what I think of his tweets, my two favorite guys in UFC are Nate and Connor. My personal opinion, Nate's the realest motherfucker in the sport. He don't he, give a shit. He can do whatever he wants, and I'm cool with it. I mean, I know you guys think he's clinging on, whatever, and maybe so. I don't think he needs to cling on, but that dude can do whatever he wants, and it's fine by me because I find him entertaining as shit. So, so that being said, Chris, um, both of these guys, what's next for Connor? What do you think's next for Nate? Let's start with Connor first. What, what does Connor do from here? Trilogy. So the thing he avoids, first of all, he, he does not fight Usman. That, that does not happen. I don't like and it either. I don't like that at all for Stylistically I mean, that's, and, and size, that's it's bad. literally 0.1%. Um, after that, honestly, he has two options, though, two paths. Khabib is definitely not next. I mean, if it's next, it, it's just a big old cash grab for the UFC. Well, and it can't be because Khabib's about to fight in, what, in two months? Three so. months in April. I Connor's not waiting. That's more of a... I think that's more of like a in case Tony pulls out or gets injured sort of thing. But yeah, I would agree it, with that. Dana's basically trying to say they were going to hold off on that, like on Connor fighting again. But no, no, no. He needs to either go out there and go right for the fight right before summer against Masvidal while the iron's hot. You know, Masvidal's name is bigger than it'll ever be right now. Masvidal doesn't need to jump right into that Usman fight either because Usman's still, I, I believe, you know, still injured from the Colby fight. So, strike all that iron pot, give those two to each other, give Connor a, still a relatively favorable stand up matchup, and then just kind of let that go from there. Secondary would be Justin Gaethje uh, to get him back in the 155 division, but I, I don't see that happening. No no love for the trilogy? No, that's the end of the year fight. That's uh, when it's all said and done. Connor can go out and lose two fights, and that Nate that Diaz trilogy fight will still be the biggest fight of the year exactly so, it doesn't matter where where these two are at in their career that trilogy fight is going to be a massive draw and i kind of want to hit on what chris said because i'm thinking the same thing you know you can talk about khabib i think i i just don't see it yet there's there's too much khabib's about to fight ferguson he's going to want time off after that you know unless like chris said you know connor steps in if one of them pulls out i, I don't think gagey happens i think they tried to make it happen i don't think it happens I just don't see it with Nate. I think the only fight right now is Jorge Masvidal. That is it. You just got two brawlers. Those guys, you want to talk about money. Those guys are going to get fucking paid that might if they be make the, this fight. They do this fight, that might be the yeah, biggest absolutely. card ever. Yeah, that, that this might be, like you said, the biggest card ever. I mean, like Chris said too, man, he's, 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 he's dead on with it. Jorge Masvidal is never going to be bigger than what he is right now. If Connor waits on this and he goes and, or say Masvidal goes and fights Usman, Usman's going to win. Yeah. I, I would almost guarantee Usman beats Jorge. And then guess whose name just isn't as big as it could have been had Connor fights him. Yeah, I, I agree. The only thing I want to add to that, though, is if Masvidal and Connor do fight and Masvidal beats him, then, then I would say we're at peak Masvidal. But for this fight, you know, leading up to this fight, obviously, right now, it's, it's not going to get any bigger. Well, the reason that we're at peak Masvidal then is because look what happened with Nate. You know, he beats Conor McGregor, and now he's, he's king of the world, right. you know? And, and then he loses to Conor, and it brings it down a little bit. Um, you know, and that's what Masvidal's going to do. But I just don't think even Masvidal's as big as Nate was going to be. Mm. Kind of a kind of playoff out real quick. I want to know what you guys' opinions are on this, this aspect of it. Connor, how he came into that fight, that was a natural 170 for him. He was prepared. Dude, he looked fucking big, didn't he? 
Yeah, she she looked absolutely jacked. She looked pretty much in perfect condition and everything. Do you think that Conor McGregor gives Nate more depth? Because I, I strongly believe that Conor McGregor looked dramatically different against Nate Diaz than the one that fought him, even in the second five years ago. One hundred percent agree with you. I think that Conor, this was the best Conor has ever looked, in my opinion. Uh, Obviously, physically, we didn't get to see him, you know, get drugged into the mud like Nate would have done. Um, so that'd be a big question if Nate, you know, can survive the early storm that Connor's going to throw at him, looking like this. Would he wear out quicker? You guys know, you guys know, Nate is my favorite fighter, but I I couldn't agree more even with that statement. Can Nate take this Connor? This Connor, like you said, physically is fucking huge, man. This, I mean. You can just tell by his preparation and the way he talked, and he's got his his team completely back together, and you, you could just see it, and it just jived, man. It, it, it worked. Whatever it was, it worked. The thing is that I would say with with the trilogy fight between Nate and Connor, what happens in the later rounds? What that's where Nate always always takes off at. He thrives, man. He like that is, that is absolutely the truth. You you could not be more correct about that. The the thing that I really think would be the the big difference maker here is Connor is a much calmer fighter now and is a much more well-rounded fighter now. Back then, he was single-handedly looking for that left hand. So Nate knew exactly what to be prepared Now, he's starting to add all these extra tools in his arsenal. I guarantee you he's watched prior Nate tape to see what's worked against Nate since then. And he's probably brought in all the guys in the world to work on it. I- he, he, he's, he's got that Nate fight in his mind. And he, he no no. You heard him in the presser afterwards. Come on, Nathan. Come on, Nathan. Yeah. It's always there, Nathan. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and what yeah, you yeah. said, I mean, the arsenal now is just so much bigger. Um, he, <laughs> I, we touched on this last week a little bit. He seems at peace. I mean, he got he got to taste victory again in the octagon. He got to go out and celebrate like he said he was going to do. But can he keep on this path? Can he stay exactly? You know, straight as an arrow as he prepares for this massive 2020 year. The one thing he said during his those of his fights that truly sold me was the fact that he said, "I don't, I'm not doing this for the money anymore. Clearly, I don't need." Oh, no, you don't have money. to, right? He, he gets to invest that money in his body, like somebody like LeBron James does. He just gets to be himself, you know, unapologetically when it matters. Because I don't think Cerrone and him could have built up beef amongst each other if they tried. And he's just. He's just ready. He's ready to be a fighter again, and I think that's going to be uh, leading up to a special 2020 for him. I agree. I, you know, I'm still not sure about the Khabib fight, but man, there is not a guy I would like to see Connor just knock out more than than Khabib. I, I just, I don't, I don't like the, I don't know what it is. I just don't like the dude. I just felt like, to me, what did it with me with Khabib was I felt like that was planned. The the shit after the fight, I felt, I just feel like something in me. Those guys planned on jumping in the octagon and starting a big brawl afterwards. It was crazy. It was cool as shit to see. It was entertaining, but it almost does feel like it was set up. I, I, it could be set up by Khabib. I mean, he may have premeditated this a little bit, but it had a WWE kind of feel to it, you yeah. know, yeah. where they're out in the crowd or backstage or, you know, Stone Cold going hey, to the fucking hey, house. Can, you know, can we touch on that real quick while you're on the phone, Chris? Let me Let me say this. Nate, and there are more people said that this almost looks set up. Like it was a WWE type. They said it looked fake. This past fight? Yes. Yes. Before you get going, Chris, let me just say there's absolutely no. 
I, I mean, if you want to tell me right now, we've all made the joke before, you know, how much money would it take you to get Oscar and Oscar and all that. That conversation gets way different when it says, how much money would you be willing to take to take a, a kick with a toe directly to the side of your head and a shoulder shatters the bridge of your nose? Like, That's true. No, one, no one's willingly accepting that. Yeah. That fight would have looked a whole lot different. It, it just cowboy would not have taken a forty second beating. Exactly. If if he was throwing that fight, there's no way it's only lasting forty seconds. They're gonna at least try to sell the fact that you know it's a little bit. He's not gonna throw the fight in forty. Well, fucking but what seconds. do you got? The one thing that I circle back to because I'm not like hell no, hell no that that was not set up. But the one thing that I circle back to is the dude was walking around with a noticeable limp all of all his damn near his whole time in Las Vegas. Yeah. It's like. Did he want that to end early because there's there's a significant injury there? That, you know? that may be true. That You uh, might be onto I something mean, there. I mean, that, that, that's correct. I mean, would that necessarily mean the fight set up? Would that necessarily mean that Cowboy just was going to refuse not to accept that paycheck? He was making sure he got his fucking paycheck. <laughs> and, and you can't blame him for that. Absolutely maybe, not. You know, maybe it wasn't a fix, but maybe Cowboy's at that, at that moment is just like, all right, I'm going to go in here, get my ass beat, and, and, and go home with millions of dollars. I, I, I mean, yeah, the, the, the big thing that, that the, what started that whole, you know, thing in the fight, the whole, like, ending of it, basically, was when that first punch came through and Cowboy dipped, that knee, or the leg, you know, the upper part of Connor's leg, definitely hits him and makes full contact. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I've seen that. Made the shit out of him. So, that, that started the whole sequence that ended the fight. Yeah. And it wasn't just because Connor bombarded him. He was definitely caught by that along with those, those shoulders that, that definitely ended the fight. So, I don't think it's set up. I mean, I would have a hard sell on that, man. Yeah. Well, hey, Chris, man. Hey, we appreciate you being our first uh, call in here and talking some UFC with us. You were definitely my uh, pick for the, the first person. Uh, really, really like your UFC takes. I think you know you know the UFC well. Uh, just want to thank you for calling in, man. Thanks for calling to Locker Room Uncut. Hey, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm really glad to be the first caller. Yeah, have a good day. See you, yeah. buddy. And, uh, and there you guys have it, man. Uh, Chris with some some real good, you know, uh, UFC takes there. He does and, you, know, shit. I, you know, I, I agree with a, a lot that he said. Um, you know, but, you know, that's what we like to do here uh, in the locker room. You know, let the callers talk, give their take, you know, and, 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 you know, talk about it. You know, and I gave my prediction. I said it's Masvidal next for Connor. Drew, Drew, what are you thinking, man? Uh, Austin's going to go from more of a technical side. And, and and that's kind of the way he thinks. But I I like to go off what I want to see, man. As a fan, as a consumer, Masvidal would be good. But, I mean, I, I, I see You Chris's, like Nate. You like I, Nate. You want the Nate fight. I like Nate and I like Connor. And I think that I like Nate more just because he gives less of a fuck. He'll throw a fucking monster can at your head. I, I love that shit, dude. I think it's cool. He'll smoke weed in his press conference. And what the fuck are you going to do but about don't you it? But don't you think that the one, the one thing that I always circle back to and I'm like, all right, Connor – and uh, Masvidal for the BMF belt. But I circle back, but Nate, did Nate get his fair shot? Nate doesn't kick in until round four and five, man, and, and we didn't get to see that. We That got taken from us. So, yeah, and They got to fight in Las Vegas. Fuck New York. I see that. Yeah, yeah, fuck New York. Um, I, I see Chris's point of, okay, the trilogy fight, that's going to end the year. I think that'd be a great way to end the year. So They have with, to fight again no matter yeah. what. So maybe with what's next, Masvidal? I could see that being what's next, just knowing how Dana White's going to – he's going to squeeze every fucking dollar he can out of the shit. So I, I, I'm going to go with Masterville. I think that would be a good one. 
uh, you know, kind of run that and, and, and see where everything stands. And then, but I, I got to see the trilogy before the end of 2020, man. I need it. I need the promo. I need the press conferences. I need the videos. I need all of that shit. Austin, what do you think? So, you know, I'm with you guys that the Nate fight is going to be massive. We all love it. We all love the buildup. Um, but I'm with Chris here. I think that the Nate fight is a sell at any time. Yeah. I mean, it could be five years down the line, and that fight will I still think, I sell. I think they're both at the point where they don't need each other. Correct, correct. Yeah. They both, one of them's going to sell the fight. Either one of them can highlight a card, and, and I'm going to fucking pay to watch it. Oh, absolutely. So, Except um, a boxing match. Hey, I, just real quick, I want to touch on that. He touched on that. I wanna, but I, I'm not paying for it. I'm not paying for you to, to box again. I, I don't want to see it. No. no. Well, I... Get ready for it because him and Floyd are going to fight again. It's yeah. going to happen. It's going to be a, a – it could be a cash grab. Hey, when you're making that fucking much money, I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but here's the thing, going back to UFC, I'll, it, it all depends on Connor's mindset. Does he want his 155 back or is he really going for this 170 title? Um, if he wants that 155 belt back – he cannot lose before he, before him and Khabib are on the books. Right. If he loses, Khabib will – I mean, he's already refusing, and I think Dana is going to force it on him. Yeah. Um, but should he lose before it's on the books, Khabib is going to run and run and run. I mean, look. Is he going to run, though? Is that – would you say Khabib's running? I'm not – okay, running is not the right word. Uh, Khabib has different um, – a different ethics and moral code than than most people. I think that he believes that Connor needs to earn it, and I don't blame him for thinking that. I mean, Connor, I mean, Connor he just had, has been off of a long layoff. You right. don't fight fucking Cowboy Cerrone and you and get, get a, a title, title shot. shot. Absolutely, it just doesn't absolutely. Happen. In my in my perfect world, we've got Tony and Khabib fighting in April, and then right around that same time, you know, maybe the June card. Why why not have Gaethje and and Connor fight for the next shot? I mean. That's the most fair way to do you it. You like Gagey? Uh I, I think that I do think that Connor will beat Gaethje. Um, Gaethje's good. He's a power puncher. I mean, he'll put anybody out, but I think that Connor he, it's just so hard to hit Connor. Yeah, but I don't like going I don't like going from Cowboy to Gagey. Like, come on, where the let Masvidal, let, let's fucking go. The thing about Masvidal is is if he loses to Masvidal, that's going to hurt. For that one, if he wants that 155 belt back, if he loses to Masvidal, I think he could kiss it goodbye. The 155? Yeah, I, I think. See, I think lost. I think if he I think if he loses to Masvidal, that it affects 170. You then you never see him and Usman. I think for if sure. he I think if he loses to Masvidal because they're going to fight at 170, then I think it opens up everything for 155. I say he goes and fights somebody, maybe Ferguson. If Ferguson loses to Khabib. And they fight, and the, and the winner gets it gets Khabib. Maybe, maybe I just think that if Khabib is a champion and Connor loses in any way, shape, or form, no matter the weight class, that he's not he's not going to see Khabib again. Because you think Khabib's just going to he's he's going to say he's not good enough that he doesn't deserve a title shot. Right. Which I can't blame the guy, but uh, if Connor is where he says he is mentally and he's going to put the time in, I think that Connor really has a chance against Khabib. Yeah, he I, looks like that, man. That'd be another one to run back, but I think Khabib might just beat his ass, man. I don't know. If you go back and watch that fight again, I did today actually. The, the Connor does a great job in the first two rounds of of scrambling and, and getting out. It just out. becomes too much. But then it just it, exactly what you, you know, said. You know, I watched that much. fight, man. In the in the third round, they stood the entire time. And Connor won the round. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no denying that. But Connor I won that but round. I felt like it was a thing by Khabib. Is like 
you're definitely not going to hit me and knock me out at this stage of this fight. I think that's what it was. I think that he already had tired him out a little bit on the ground. He said, all right, drain yourself some yeah, more, throw yeah. some power. And I'm just going to end you in the fourth. Yep, it's over. Because even in the corner, when I was watching it, he asked what round it was. Right, right. Yeah. So I think it was part of the game plan. Yep. And, and, and those guys, man, Khabib is smart as shit. The dude has a great game plan, and he executes better than And you know anybody. what he's going to do. Yeah. There's there's no hiding it. You know what this guy's going to do. He's just going to make you stop, stop it. him. Yep, exactly. Um, that being said, if I'd say the next fight probably will be Masvidal and and Connor. I, I, that yeah. probably is the next fight. Masvidal wants it. I think Connor wants it. And you know Dana's not turning that payday. Yeah, down. but why? Connor didn't seem very. I don't know, man. Did you, act, just, did you see what he said about the robe? Yeah, I, yeah, but I mean, Connor just didn't seem like he was very like he wanted that fight. I don't, like, I don't know. It's, it's almost like he doesn't think Masvidal's big enough as a name. Yeah, I, I kind of get that too. I, but I don't know if if I'm Masvidal, I get wanting that Connor fight for the payday. But fuck, go in there and 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 see what you can do against yeah. Usman. We know Usman's going to try to. Yeah, take well, I'm, if if Masvidal's out. And you know, and he's like, I'm not fighting Masvidal, which I don't think he's saying that. I think Masvidal's the the match that he knows he's going to get the most money on, and he said he plans to become a billionaire. So you know, zeros are the only thing that matters to right. him. But if you're not fighting Masvidal, you're going where the money is, and I think that's when Nate comes back into the story. It does. It, it makes sense. If, if his three biggest paydays are Masvidal, Nate, and Khabib, Khabib. those yeah. are the three big paydays. And then if he really does want to get into boxing and become a world champion boxer, how much time can you put back into the UFC? Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of going to be a one title and done thing for me. If Because, I mean, he's talking about Pacquiao. He's talking about Floyd. Um, I'd love to see him box Pauly, yeah. um, especially after that video came out. But if that's really the path he's going to go, he's got to wrap this UFC thing up. No, and, 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 and you know and exactly. And he says he plans to be active UFC. Well, not necessarily even UFC wise. Uh, all of 2020. So shit, it, with that let's, let's go. 40 seconds. He's ready to fight now. Let's oh, say yeah. be on the next card. Card. I mean, yeah, throw him on a card and, and, and build it up. Obviously, we've already got main events in February, March, and April. I, I don't um, think he fight. I don't think. I'm not sure a decision comes out before the Khabib Ferguson just just in case he needs to step in. That's the thing is Ooh. he's not going to go risk himself right. in the event. And I will go on record and say I do not believe that that fight's going to happen. Really, I do not believe no? that it'll happen. They've, they've pulled out, what, four times been, together? It's been scheduled four times, and I think each of them has pulled out twice. That needs to happen, though. That fight needs to happen. We need it. We Fer- need to see it. Ferguson, if there's someone that can slow Khabib down, it's it's Tony. It's Tony, because he, he can roll with you, and God knows Tony's got the advantage standing up. I mean, oh, he's God. Lethal. He slices oh, everybody that he gets in the octagon with. So He's a weird fella, too, man. Oh, they, my gosh. They both pulled out two times? Yeah, both it's been scheduled four times. That's better than Phillip Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean that—that's our take on it, you know. So, I think we are all kind of in agreement here. You know, we want Connor and Masvidal, you know. But uh, we'll see, you know. Balls in their court. Yeah, you know, Connor. Anytime he's in the octagon, I'm game. Oh, I'm tuning in for sure. Um, hey, it's been great, guys. We couldn't wait to get back here in the locker room after all this stuff played out this weekend. Um, so much that we wanted to talk about. Had a great time watching it, uh, interacting with you guys. Thank you to everybody that entered both of our contests uh, over the weekend. Um, Shout-outs to Troy Krigler. Troy Krigler. 59 Man. points exactly with the Nailed Chiefs it. win. Easy. He's going to eat some chicken chunks on us. There was, there was some, some questions of the TKO and the KO on the fight, so we had to extend it, but that was great. Um, 
Next episode, very fan friendly. Wouldn't you guys agree? Absolutely. Let's um, get some people in here. Yeah, we want to get with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you know, any of the social media platforms. Hit our direct messages. Uh, if you got our phone numbers, text us. We want to get questions in. If you don't want to speak or come in, uh, shoot, shoot us a message. Let us know what you want to talk about. Give us your opinion. We're going to do a lot more of that coming up. Thank you to Chris for being our first. We want you to be the second, third, fourth, fifth, and as this thing goes. So uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Get with us. Locker Room Talk Uncut. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.